0: you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 chqr It's never too soon to start a life plan. It might be too late to dictate your wishes if you don't have documentation in place. Life plans are all about maximizing wealth, protecting assets, and minimizing tax. They're about making sure your wants and needs are protected and your wishes are honored. You can get a lot of good ideas about life planning by going to McMillanEstate.com and reading the blog topics that are posted. Then call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464 and make an appointment to sit down with the Macmillan estate planning professional. The Macmillan team will take you through the process step-by-step and craft a plan specifically suited to your wishes and needs. You can also take in one of their free seminars to learn more about the process of building a life plan. The next seminars are June 20th in Calgary and June 25th in Edmonton. It might be the best 90 minutes you can invest in your own future and the future of those you love.
1: Wayne Nelson back with you on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. We've been discussing the protocols and considerations that must be made when two people purchase a business together. Now, this is an actual case study we've been discussing this morning of this particular business arrangement. My guest is McMillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva, Henry, just before the break, we were talking, just getting into the details of the co-ownership that John and Betty put together in order to get the financing, in order to purchase this gymnasium.
2: Exactly. So I'm very happy for John and Betty. They were able to get the loan. We were able to put both John and Betty on title to Betty's home. And alongside that additional ownership, is uh, making sure that Betty is secure by having a co-ownership agreement signed by herself and John. And among the clauses in that co-ownership agreement, again, were to secure that this adding of John as an owner is only an accommodation because of the loan loan in order to buy the business.
1: Because of the requirement by the lender to have him on title.
2: Exactly. If you weren't on title, then the banks wouldn't lend the money.
1: Right. So we got this accommodation of 1% interest.
2: Exactly. Another clause that we added in the co-ownership agreement was an acknowledgement that John held this 1% interest in bear trust in favor of Betty. Now,
1: explain that. What does bear trust mean in this case?
2: What bear trust means, Wayne, is it is simply, um, again, an accommodation or uh, just merely on title, but without any beneficial interest. All right. Okay? So, it merely says that John is on title as bear trust, meaning just for show, but the real owner is Betty. Okay. That is what a bear trust means. Uh, another clause that we added on the co-ownership agreement is that John waives any and all interest in Betty's home and included in that waiver is waiver for any appreciation in the value of the home.
1: Now, these are very important things because this protects Betty's interest because she owned the home free and clear. Mm-hmm. And so she should continue to own the home free and clear
2: as well as the appreciation and the value of her home. Sure. So if the value of her home increased by 50000 or 75000 all of that increase in value would be attributable to Betty and none for John. Another clause that we added into the co-ownership agreement is that we had John sign real estate transfer back documents in favor of Betty, whereby after the HELOC loan is fully paid and satisfied, and there is no need for that loan anymore, then he would transfer back to Betty the 1% that he had on paper.
1: And she would once again be the sole title holder of her home.
2: Exactly. And again, the reason for doing all of this is so that we can have the loan in the beginning. And after the loan is paid off, then there is no more reason for John to remain on title. Another clause that we added onto... um, The co-ownership agreement was a clause that said that this agreement is in consideration of both of them living separate and apart from each other.
1: And that's very important because everything would change if they eventually got married because of the Alberta Dower Act.
2: Mm -hmm. According to Alberta Dower Act, uh, that provides that even though the home is in the name of just one of the parties, the husband and or the wife... Uh in order to sell that home you will need uh, a release signatures. of dower. Yes. Uh, meaning the partner or the husband or the wife in that particular case will need to sign off on any transfer documents.
1: Now does that same law apply to a common law situation? Let's say John and Betty decided to move in, they didn't get married.
2: It actually doesn't apply for a common law only applicable uh, in cases in of the case married of couples. Uh, But in this particular case, you brought up a very good point, Wayne. In the event, let's say the business went very good and very well, and Betty and John's relationship blossomed into something, not just a business relationship, but maybe a romantic relationship eventually. And should they choose to cohabitate in one residence or home, then that would call the need for a cohabitation agreement And if it's in contemplation of marriage, a need for a prenuptial agreement in that case as well.
1: So it's important to make sure that you have all of the facts, all of the intentions in place when drafting the business agreement, the co-ownership agreement as part of the loan application.
2: That's correct. So even though... um, Getting more serious in the relationship or getting married in the future, maybe a few months or maybe years ahead, we need to make sure that these are also contemplated in these documents to make sure that they're provided for.
1: And to make sure that both parties understand the implications of their actions.
2: That's true. And one of the considerations we uh, took to note was that right now, Betty and John live separately, and Betty's house is used as collateral However, in the event Betty and John's relationship blossoms further and they both choose to cohabit in Betty's home, then we would need to draft an entirely new cohabitation agreement that will, in a a way, supersede this co-ownership agreement.
1: So you always have to keep on top of what's happening in the business and, in this case, the personal relationship.
2: Exactly. And we want to make sure that we're providing for all alternative scenarios so that not just Betty is protected, but John is protected
1: as well. So what happens if the business fails? Because we're assuming that the business is going to prosper. But we all know that a great majority of businesses, startup businesses in this city, do not do well in the first two or three years.
2: So. In the event the business venture does not succeed, then it is only prudent that John is only at risk only to the extent of the HELOC loan used for the purchase of the business. Naturally, John will not be at risk for any uh, unfortunate accident or calamity or extraordinary repairs or maintenance on Betty's home because, again, he acknowledged that he is only a bear trustee and ultimately it's Betty who owns the home. In the event they do not have enough sufficient resources to pay the business loan, what the banks would likely do is attempt the foreclosure on the property. And in that particular case, the first amount that would be satisfied is their existing loan. Any balance or from the proceeds of the sale of the home would naturally not go to John, but would naturally just go to Betty since she's the ultimate owner thereof. Another thing, uh, another item that we must consider when uh, drafting and signing these documents is the requirement for what we call independent legal advice. So what that pertains to...
1: Conflict of interest. We don't want to, we want to avoid conflict of interest, Right.
2: That's true. Uh, We don't want conflict. We shy against conflict. And what we want to make sure is that each party is adequately informed and advised in regard to what their legal rights and remedies are. So uh, Betty would need independent counsel for herself and John would need independent counsel for himself so that they can both enter into this agreement knowing all their legal rights and remedies and implications of the clauses that they are signing up.
1: So I'm just seeing this getting more complicated because now you've got the bank lender, you've got the business advisor, and you've got the lawyers representing each party. Am I I missing anything? That's true. And then you can also have their planners involved. Right. (laughs) So
2: in this particular case, how we usually deal with it is that each group or each professional has their own silo of expertise. So in regard to the business lending arrangement, the the bank would have the bank's lawyer to draft security documents. And the corporate lawyer or business lawyer of Betty and John would be uh, taking care of the corporate documents to organize their business. Whereas the personal lawyers for each Betty and John would deal with signing the co-ownership agreement with each of them as it pertains to the security in favor of Betty's home.
1: Now I understand why it costs so much for people to put these kinds of agreements together, but you do need that to protect interest.
2: Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to manage here is not just the legal fees, Wayne, what we're trying to manage here mostly is the risks that these individuals would carry. First of all, the business carries the risk of not being able to pay the loan. Second, Betty carries the risk of her home being foreclosed if the loan doesn't get paid off as well.
1: All right. Henry, lots of stuff to consider. Thanks very much for stopping by and uh, putting some clarity to this uh, complicated issue. My guest today has been Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva. We've been discussing the important considerations that must be made when purchasing a business, protecting the interests of both parties. If you'd like to know more, if you have any questions, the Macmillan team will be in Calgary on Thursday, June 20th at 6.30 p.m., and in Edmonton on Tuesday June 25th at 6 p.m. to talk with you about estate or life planning to register contact McMillan Estate Planning at 403-266-6464 during weekday business hours or you can learn what McMillan Estate Planning does by visiting their website at mcmillanestate.com that's mcmillan spelled m a c m i l l a n i'm Wayne Nelson and thanks for joining us on the Strong Room on 770 CHQR